Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. there and welcome to Ticket for One, the podcast that celebrates female solo travel. My name is Kate Wills, I'm a travel journalist and each week I'm going to be speaking to a woman who inspires me about her adventures alone. Today's guest is the journalist and broadcaster Anna Hart. Anna is one of my favourite travel journalists and she certainly knows a thing or two about solo adventures. Whether she's gorilla tracking in Rwanda, driving the ice roads of the Canadian Arctic or hiking to monasteries in Bhutan, Anna calls solo travel an extreme sport, and it's easy to see why. She even goes to festivals alone, the ultimate test of bravery. In 2018, Anna published her memoir, Departures, about the 15 trips that changed her life, and she's currently writing a new book about the lost art of dancing and celebration. Although there's a myth that travelling by yourself can be more expensive... Anna is an expert on having big adventures on a tiny budget. We talked about battling cockroaches and sleazy men in Thai hostels, going wild swimming in Austin, Texas, and the emerging food scene in Lithuania. Plus, Anna's top hand luggage packing hacks, including the joys of solid toothpaste. So Anna, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I was thrilled that you could come on because I feel like you're such a pro at having solo adventures. (laughs) (laughs) That's really, really lovely to hear. I mean, I think the way you become a pro at anything is by starting out at zero and being really bad at something and then (laughs) clawing your experience as you kind of go along. So I started out as somebody like really shy at school and um I just I guess I basically had to become a good solo traveler uh over the years and I I sometimes think you gravitate towards the type of travel that that you think will make you grow as a human and I think for me just having to be independent having to be quite you know confident and out there you know being forced to speak to other people that was definitely what, what I kind of needed to do to just become a more functional human being and uh, um, someone who was able to contribute to society. (laughs) Yeah, because you had quite an interesting upbringing, didn't you? Because it was like Belfast and then was it Hong Kong as well? Yeah, so I kind of grew up in Belfast in the 90s, which was obviously still quite a weird place to be. I mean, the the, the troubles were still kind of trundling on. There was still a curfew and pretty much, you know, 
my country and my city was in the news almost every night for some sort of like paramilitary attack or conflict. So in some ways, quite a depressing place to, to grow up. Um, but then I also spent seven years between the age of five and 12 in Singapore, which was completely different, you know, and, and I'm still so grateful that as well as growing up in Belfast and being pretty Irish through and through, I did get, you know, at a very young age, I got a totally different perspective and the tastes and the smells and the sights in Southeast Asia, that those are the tastes and sights and smells of my childhood. And I'll always feel comfortable in that part of the world. Mm, that's so cool. Tell me what it is that you you love about traveling alone because I know that that you do it a lot and you're you're really good at having like these off the beaten track adventures and and discovering all these like little cool places that no one else knows about and I feel like uh I feel like I need to need to hear your your secrets but but what is it about solo travel that um that you enjoy I think I mean what one of you're pretty familiar with this quote but one of my favorites Uh, Victorian era female explorers, uh, Freya Stark said, it's the most delicious feeling to wake up alone um, in a room in a new city. One is surrounded by adventure. Uh, And she was a kind of like prototype solo traveler. Uh, But I, I guess, you know, real adventure comes from having nobody to please but yourself. I think a lot of women, you know, we grow up trying to please our friends, our family members, a partner, uh, and there's just something so delicious about waking up and just thinking, I've got nobody to please but myself. I can, I can do whatever my gut tells me to do, whatever my heart tells me to do, whatever, um, yeah, my my taste buds tell me to do if I'm hungry, and I just, I definitely find that quite thrilling and addictive that you've just, you don't have to take moods on board or anyone else wins yeah it's so liberating isn't it I actually love that quote that's actually the quote that um starts my book (laughs) so great great choice and I think that's really true especially for a lot of women I know and especially if they have a family it's like if they're all going away together for some reason the woman kind of becomes the default like travel agent and it's like doing all the organizing doing all the planning so like even having a holiday is like actually not that relaxing for a lot of women so that's why if you go by yourself it's like you don't have to like make all these plans and think about other people's needs and wants it's like brilliant having no one to please but yourself is a really rare and precious commodity in this world particularly for for, for a woman and to me that that is now what the definition of a holiday is having no one else to please but myself part of the joy of traveling is you know, it's, it's obviously the people that you meet. And if you travel with a partner or with friends or with family, you're sort of a closed unit. And you're much less likely to be approached by people or chatted to. Whereas if you travel alone, I, I do think you're, you're wide open. There's just this human impulse where other people are going to speak to you, check if you're okay. And that can lead you down all sorts of really exciting paths. Uh, when you travel you don't tend to have those like random interactions and conversations when you're in a group or with a partner or whatever it's it's like when you're solo a lot of people say oh you must get really lonely but actually when you're solo I think everyone wants to talk to you often absolutely I mean if I'm really honest I'm sure the uh the the most lonely travels I've had have been when I've been either with a boyfriend that I realized I wasn't getting on with um or on a work trip 
quite click with the other photographers or journalists that I was on a trip with. Um, that that's lonely. You know, being with the wrong people it is lonely. Being on your own and able to you know have as much company as as you want just by striking up a conversation in a bar or a cafe that's not loneliness to me. Yeah, no, definitely. The other thing that I think you're really good at is um, finding cool stuff to do when you're traveling um, and, and you're not on a massive budget. So even though you used to be a you know, travel editor of Stylist and you've stayed in some of the most like luxurious and expensive hotels in the world, you're also really good at like doing it on, on a kind of shoestring budget too. And I think that people still have a bit of a misconception about traveling solo that it's going to be a lot more expensive because maybe, you know, you can't you can't split the hotel room and, you, you know, you can't share the petrol costs and all, all those other things. But is it possible to solo travel on the cheap? I really think it is. And actually, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, in, in some ways, you know, I'm really fortunate that I've had properly, you know, extravagant adventures as a as stylist magazine's travel editor or reviewing honeymoons for Condé Nast Brides, for Grazia as well, and The Telegraph. So I've, I've done some things that I could never have afforded to do in, in a million years. But really, there is a very special place in my heart for accessible, affordable adventure that I think anyone my age would be able to do. And actually, in some ways, being exposed to the more extravagant trips taught me that those aren't necessarily the best trips. And so I'm I'm pleased that I got to experience them, even just so I can say unequivocally that actually you don't need a ton of money to be able to have an adventure on your own. Obviously, one of the big advantages to, to, to traveling solo if you're on a budget is that you don't get kind of pressurized into spending money at a restaurant that you don't really feel like eating at or buying rounds of drinks for your friends. Uh, and I do think, yeah, people spend more in a group. You could sort of have to. Um, whereas you can sort of save money. You know what? Actually, I'm tired and I'm just going to sit in tonight and watch Netflix and eat a sandwich from 7-Eleven. And some of the delicious moments that I've ever had traveling alone have been when I've, I've sacked off some adventurous plan and just curled up in my little hotel or hostel room. I mean, obviously the fact that you can't go hackers on a hotel room is, is quite a significant expense. But I actually think that a lot of hotels and hostels are becoming much wiser to that. And and the, the single supplement is no longer quite so sky high. The whole rise of, of posher hostels and glamping, that actually means you can sometimes have self-contained units that actually are, are not a super high price point. You take a bit of a hit uh, not being able to split the room rate with somebody, but you can actually kind of easily claw that back by not being peer pressured into spending money that you wouldn't have wanted to spend. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. And are there any like destinations that you've been that you found are, are really good if you're on a budget? I know you've done some great, great kind of camping recently, some staycations. Eastern Europe is still really overlooked. Eastern Europe, I first discovered as a 17-year-old. I went and worked in Warsaw for six months and spent my weekends traveling around Prague and Krakow and I explored like Hungary and Czech Republic, Lithuania and Latvia and those countries still just offer really really spectacular surroundings. I'd say Slovenia is one of the most beautiful kind of alpine regions that I've ever been to on a much more affordable price point uh, than their kind of you know more famous like counterparts. So you can have a really really great skiing holiday in Slovenia and um, pay for about a third of what you'd be paying in Italy or France. 
Um, and during the summer months, there are lakes and there's mountain hikes. Um, so I'm a big believer in in kind of like looking again at, at what you've got a little bit closer to home. All these regions as well are really easily reached by, by rail from the UK, if that's a priority, if sustainable travel is a priority. And actually traveling by rail in Eastern Europe is is so much fun. It's affordable. There's normally sleeper trains available. It's really, really slickly run and just part of the adventure. I think that should really be part of the journey. Yeah, I was going to say, I bet I bet the train travel there is like an experience in itself. You could almost have that as your holiday. <laughs> I mean, I'm so sentimental about rail travel. I mean, I think like a lot of us, you know, you kind of saw Murder on the Orient Express when you were younger. I can really romanticise rail travel in a way that I can no longer romanticise air travel at all. I'd really recommend travelling by rail and there's all parts of Eastern Europe that, that you can reach. Um, the food is normally brilliant. They've normally got really exciting kind of up and coming wine scenes as well. Last night I was chatting to a chef who'd just done a, a tour of the wine regions and the kind of um, farm to table food scene in Lithuania. And she was she was really blown away. Wow. I didn't I didn't have any idea that Lithuania had a food scene like that. That's amazing. I didn't either. And that's another joy of traveling alone is that no one's gonna no one's gonna fight you if you choose an odd little destination that, that that you know that they haven't heard of. You you don't have to pitch it to anyone, you don't have to make a business case for it. You can just be like, you know what? That chef said that Lithuania is brilliant. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go there. Yeah. Are you quite good at being spontaneous with your travel? I feel like you are. <laughs> I think I am. I mean, that's a nice way of putting it, that I'm good at being spontaneous. I'm <laughs> not disorganised. I'm bad at being organised. <laughs> that's definitely true. I mean, I definitely have a proper um, freelance reporter mentality where I find it really hard to plan anything more than two weeks in advance um, because I just never know if I'm going to be around or if I could be sent away on an assignment. So it does mean that I, I literally can't buy theatre tickets for like more than two weeks away or a gig ticket because I just can't quite see that far ahead. Um, on the plus side, and if I want to see it as a positive, it does mean that I'm quite good at, you know, spotting a little window of time and just and pouncing on it and listening for that little kind of that you get on your skin when someone someone tells you a recommendation sometimes you just get a little shiver where you're like oh that actually sounds like something I should do and yeah if you're traveling solo then you're you're able to act on that whim yeah that's so great isn't it um so you mentioned Poland when you were 16 that's pretty adventurous was was that your first trip alone would you say it was yes it was actually I was I was 17 and I had finished school and I didn't want to go university age 17 because I would be legally unable to drink <laughs> and I thought no way I am starting university and my fabulous new life at university unable to drink that's not happening to me I was really determined that yeah I was gonna um like shed the old me quite a shy girl in Belfast and embark upon a brilliant new lifestyle in Glasgow why Poland like where did you get that idea from um, I'd love to say that I, I got that idea because I'm massively into Polish cinema or Polish literature. Actually, it was the only option left. <laughs> oh, okay. It was the only country left still with spaces on it. I 
did it through an organization called GAP that would organize GAP trips uh, abroad. So they'd put you at schools teaching English as a conversation teacher for six months as a year. And I, yeah, Poland was the only country left by the time I got around to flying. But actually, I, I wouldn't have chosen anywhere else. I really, I really loved Poland. I thought it was incredibly beautiful. It's got such variety in terms of the terrain. There's mountains, there's lakes, there's really amazing, like gritty cities. And like a lot of countries that's had a bit of a kind of turbulent historical ride, it's got a really, really interesting cultural scene right now. It's having a real culinary and cultural resurgence and accommodation and studio rent is quite affordable. So there's just a lot of creativity and young people are able to really follow their dreams, whether that's opening a restaurant or opening an artist's studio. Uh, So I think Poland is... um, again, a really, really underrated destination, but much of Eastern Europe is these days. What was it like kind of being there at at 17 by yourself? Like, did you have any scary or challenging moments or were you just like loving it all the way? One thing that I did learn right away was the success of my time in Poland relied entirely on me being able to speak the language. Uh, And so I was actually working at a care home and um, residential care for the elderly for six months before I went to Poland and I would spend the the night shift listening to my um teach yourself Polish <laughs> cassettes wow <laughs> but I just knew that otherwise I, I just didn't stand a chance of being able to make friends and even now I would really prioritize having at least a few words and phrases of, of a language under your belt and um, before you go anywhere I know it's generally possible to get by without it But I think particularly as a solo traveller, just being able to rattle off a couple of little phrases, even if you're just saying, oh, this is beautiful or, oh, I like it here. or I feel really lucky to have found found myself here. And those little phrases go an awfully long way, particularly if you're on your own. Definitely. Yeah, I think people, especially maybe some of the like lesser visited, less touristy places, like people can be so blown away that you've you've made the effort to to just learn a couple of basic things. Do you have a best solo travel memory? A moment where it was like just you and the road or you and the sea or wherever you were that you just kind of felt like, yes, like this is why I do this? Well, actually, I'm a huge fan of uh, solo city breaks. Um, And actually, generally speaking, I love writing about about cities. I just find them so fascinating. And um, I've never really been the sort of travel writer that wanted to review a spa hotel or, um, yeah, waft on about a beach resort. Uh, for me, cities are uh, especially kind of up and coming cities or sitting cities that have had a bit of a turbulent history or cities that people might dismiss or, or look past. And one of my favorite solo travel experiences, and this is going to sound ridiculous but I was already in New York for a press trip for stylist and I got a call from my editor and she said Lena Dunham was guest editing the next issue of stylist and she wanted me to review a hotel in Austin Texas and stay at this hotel and basically Lena Dunham was going to give me an itinerary and I would just have to go around all of her favorite haunts in Austin on my own and we managed oh to- wow tough gig and so instead of just like, <laughs> I was like you know I, I can do this and so I kind of waved the rest of the press trip off flew to Austin and um, shacked up in this absolutely beautiful hotel by by Liz Lambert the Hotel St. Cecilia and yeah Lena Dunham had given me this little list of 
restaurants and vintage stores and taco trucks to go and visit. And Austin was such a warm and welcoming city to show up at on your own. I mean, I just, I will forever be grateful to Texans for sending this pale Irish person such a warm welcome. I, at no point did I feel like lonely or scared or spooked. I just knew that I was in a city that just wanted me to have a good time. Like Austin just wants you to eat well, drink whiskey, listen to amazing music, relax by the pool. And yeah, I, I, I felt incredibly well looked after in Austin. Oh, that is so cool. I've heard great things about Austin. What would you tell someone to do if they had like a day to spend in Austin? What are your, your top recommendations? Yours or, or Lena Dunham? Or Lena Dunham. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> I think mine are slightly more up to date now, so I feel quite confident. Yeah, that. yours are better. Yeah. <laughs> mine are better. Sorry, Lena. Uh, she was a good starting point. Um, South Congress is kind of like famously the real um, kind of hipster drag of Austin. And it's still a really wonderful place to go and just like tap into the, just the kind of the, 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 mu- the live music loving, you know, the vintage shops and the cool hotels. So the Hotel San Jose and the St. Cecilia are really, really key to that kind of like area. But actually one of my favorite little spots in Austin is um, Barton Springs. Uh, there's a pool there, Brighton Springs Pool, and it's an open air, just creek, and you can just get into cold water with the locals. And it's sort of, I, I remember speaking to some, to a friend who lives there, and she said, I just couldn't live here without uh, Barton Creek. Like Barton Creek is just so important, just being able to get into cold water. So yeah, if somebody had a day in Austin, I suppose I'd say, go to Vera Cruz Tacos, hang out in South Congress, drink a cocktail, like poolside at a retro motel, and then just go and like jump into some cold water in Barton Creek. Amazing. That sounds like a great day. And also quite a cheap day as well, I'm guessing, if you can uh, dive in the creek. I definitely think all of my, all of the travel experiences I try and write about and share, I want to be affordable for somebody on, on my budget. I mean, obviously as a travel writer, I'm quite often hosted by tourist boards, but I still really feel that it's important if I'm going to write about something that I could actually afford to do that myself. And that the people you'd meet would be also kind of people on your, your similar budget and on, a, on that wavelength. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Have you had any embarrassing or funny or kind of difficult moments when you've been traveling by yourself? Let me think. I, you know what? One of the nicest things about traveling alone as well is that there's nobody around to watch when you um, mess things up. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. There's no one to be embarrassed in front of that you know. So you're like, that just didn't happen. <laughs> exactly. You can pretend it never happened if it was strangers. So embarrassment, I mean, embarrassment's in the eye of the beholder. If there's nobody there watching you, there is no embarrassment. Uh, so of course there have been really excruciating times when I made like rookie errors with, with, with traveling. Like there was a time when I, I showed up at at the airport with my boyfriend's passport rather than my own um and that was supposedly the start of a big uh, independent adventure and I literally fell at the first hurdle by not not bringing the right documents there are times when it is quite tough and and can feel a bit lonely do you have any like tips on kind of overcoming those tough times I do think it's pretty important to you know just to really acknowledge that that solo travel is frequently challenging and frequently scary as well I mean it's um it's a real extreme sport of travel I think you have higher highs you have lower lows and if things go wrong sometimes there's nobody there to help you laugh something off something that would be funny with a friend can be scary if it's just you and that weirdo in the train carriage and so I think it's really important that we do all acknowledge that there there are some real challenges there I'll still remember years ago when I was backpacking around Thailand and I came back to my hotel room one night and the whole room was covered in cockroaches. And I went to ask the uh, the guy at reception if he'd come and get rid of the cockroaches and he came back. And when we got back, you couldn't really see the cockroaches, um, it was, which was really strange. But he thought that I had, I was, I'd brought him back to my hotel room in some sort of weird way to try and seduce him. And at that stage, I was tired and I was emotional. I'd been scared of the disgusting cockroaches. Now I was scared of this creep. And I did actually just lose it. I was like, get out of my room. And I like packed (laughs) and I went and I literally sat and I read my book at the bus stop. It was probably about midnight. And I just sat and waited until like 5 a.m. when I got the first bus up to another another beach. And that kind of sucked. And and I, I still remember just having hours there thinking, I wouldn't be feeling like this if I was if I wasn't on my own if I was with a friend we could have laughed off the cockroaches we would have even laughed off that creepy guy but on your own the whole thing had just been pretty rubbish but the lovely thing was I mean the next day I was somewhere else you know I found myself at a really friendly beach hostel I was able to chat to some other travelers about my stupid experience and, and laugh it all off and so you're never really more than like 24 hours away from a completely different experience and so I would I, I will always kind of like cling to that. You're not far away from being able to turn it into a funny story as soon as you meet somebody nice. 
Oh, that's such a good little thing to remember for life and not just travel, I think. You're never more than like one decision from from things coming good again. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. And you're not trapped. You can always just move on. Um, what do you always like to pack for a trip? You must have this so down by now, your like go-to packing list. Yeah, I, I do really believe in packing lights. Uh, and generally in life, I'm... I'm totally not a minimalist. I have way too many vintage clothes and I find it really hard to get rid of a book. I have like ridiculous ornaments all over the place. Um, But when I pack, I do know that everything I carry, I end up resenting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Every hundred grams, you're like, why did I bring that? So I'm actually quite good at packing really light. Uh, So I will always travel. My kind of like travel wardrobe is pretty much like a bunch of like vintage dresses, which I think are actually perfectly appropriate pretty much on ski slopes with a pair of black tights. I'm a big fan of Lush Cosmetics uh, in terms of my soap bag. They they do a lot of um, solid cosmetics, including solid toothpaste, solid mouthwash. They do solid shampoo and conditioner bars, even uh, body lotions. And obviously that doesn't count as part of your, your liquid allowance when you're um, traveling hand luggage only. So they're a really, really great little hack there. I really believe in like never packing a pair of high heel shoes. They just somehow seem totally inappropriate on a holiday. I have actually set myself a a challenge of not being too reliant on my gadgets uh, when I travel solo, because obviously that if you're on your own, you sit at that street food truck staring at your phone or yet you sit in that restaurant on your phone in the hotel lobby and that's not really the idea and I do think you really miss out on a lot if you're staring at a screen Um, and it can be a real crutch for solo travelers I think we're probably more prone to it than others so I'm now really quite strict with myself and I try and have my phone on flight mode so I'll just try and use it as a camera and in that respect I think traveling with a book is really important so sitting in a hotel lobby reading a book or a local magazine feels like a holiday sitting in a restaurant on your phone doesn't feel like you're on holiday you could be anywhere so yeah I do believe in in bringing books and magazines and things that will offer a little bit of company and a little bit of distraction rather than your phone that's such a good tip. And that's also quite nice if you're feeling a bit shy or like nervous about eating on your own. It's, it's, if you've got a book or it's like some something that you can like look like you're reading rather than staring around the room, feeling like the only person on their own. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you're, you're, yeah. never, you're never alone with a good book. And unfortunately, it's true that as a female alone in a restaurant, sometimes you will get a bit of attention or people be wondering if you're waiting for somebody or or feel sorry for you and it's quite a nice way of deflecting any all of that kind of unwanted curiosity and so where is where is next on your your list to go on an adventure obviously at the moment options are a little bit limited but um is there anywhere that that you really want to explore yeah it's such um an interesting time to be plotting travel I mean I've uh, I've certainly, I've, I've, I've really started to focus on sustainable travel. That's become much more important to me. It has been for, for several years now. And actually this year, I planned to really minimize the number of flights I, I took. Um, hilariously, everyone's had their, <laughs> their number of flights. Yeah. We all jumped on that bandwagon, Anna. You set the trend, but now we're all doing it. <laughs> um, but that does mean that actually now when I when I plan trips, it does tend to be it's places that I could get to by rail around Europe. 
And so I'm actually really, really keen to do a cycling holiday in Bavaria, in Germany. Germany is part of the world that weirdly I've I've sort of neglected. I learned to speak German at school um, and I also speak French and Italian. And I've been to France and Italy an awful lot, but I've never really used my German. And again, I think it's slightly oddly uncool Germany, apart from Berlin. <laughs> I mean, Berlin's cool, but actually, I don't know, my generation of British travellers, we're, we're sort of, yeah, I think we've, we've been a little bit unfair to Germany. Have you been to Germany, Kate? Have you spent much time there? Yeah, I have. And I feel like it is really um, underappreciated because everyone just goes to Berlin, which is obviously great. But then there's places like Munich, which were such a surprise to me at like what amazing cities they were. And then the countryside is just incredible. Like You've got like forests and lakes and I feel like I can get the train to Munich and use that as a kind of like a starting out point. But actually, Germany is a great country uh, for solo travellers. I mean, it's relatively safe. Uh, people are really, really polite and really helpful. Everything is quite slickly run and easy to navigate, which I do think helps when you're alone because it's a lot to work out. <laughs> you know, if, if you're somewhere where everything is chaotic, you've got to kind of navigate all of the chaos on your own. Whereas it just really helps you be like, everything is really easily signposted. And oh, if I'm confused, I can ask that person rather than hanging around here looking lost for hours. Oh, that's going to be fantastic. And how about um, Margate? Because Anna, obviously, you live in Margate. Have you discovered any new places in your hometown during lockdown? Because I think that has been the nice thing about about being so close to home for the last you know six months or whatever have you found that too I, I suppose when I found home in Margate and that was about three years ago um it probably shouldn't have surprised anyone that I essentially chose a seaside resort town as my home uh you know for someone that really really loved travel living in a resort town is, is a bit of a dream and I've really loved my time in Margate. I have the sea at the foot of my road, so I swim in the sea almost every day. Um, I can get into London in about an hour and a half, which is ideal. So I, I just do that a couple of days a week now. But I have to admit that, you know, for much of the year, being such a kind of intrepid traveller for work, I, I pretty much just used my flat as a kind of pit stop. Like I would come back and I'd kind of crash and I'd, you know, half unpack one suitcase and then pack another one and like head off again. And I never really spent much time really bedding in, making my flat the way I like it, getting to really know like what's on my doorstep. And that's been a real delight. Like there's been at no point really have I been bored of Margate. And that's a phenomenal thing to be able to say. I was in Austin in March when they cancelled Southwest Southwest. And we sort of realised that COVID-19 was actually a real thing. And I do feel incredibly grateful. I felt grateful every day that I was in Margate, you know, able to walk barefoot on the sand and swim in the sea rather than in an American city, a, a big kind of unfamiliar American city. One of my big lessons from this has been to make your home life feel more like a holiday uh, rather than living a bit of a strange life of extremes. So traveling to get your fit of the new and the healthy and the exotic and the exciting and then going home and kind of crashing I feel like actually that that probably wasn't the healthiest attitude and since moving to Margate I've kind of managed to get a bit more moderation where actually my my everyday life feels a little bit more like a holiday and so then my holidays don't have quite such like 
big hitters and they don't need to be quite so long either and so I can I can travel less and I can travel yeah I can travel more sustainably by just having really changed my my home life and made it feel more relaxing and more soothing and more restorative yeah and you make Margate look so cool on your Instagram I'm always like now she's in a tidal pool now she's in a tiki bar it's like I can't believe she's in Margate what's your number one thing to do in Margate at the moment I do think if you come to Margate and you don't get into the sea you're really missing out I mean that is the whole that's the whole point and I'm very spoiled my road there is a 1930s tidal pool the Walpole Bay tidal pool which is just still one of my favorite places uh, on the planet there's actually a lot of really really lovely restaurants around town now that are doing kind of like takeaway picnics so a beach picnic is a really really lovely option for anyone who's visiting Margate and we've got brilliant junk shops as well and antique shops so it's a really really good place to come with a big backpack and stock up on kind of like nice trinkets Oh, great. I can't wait to come for another visit. I'm due one, definitely. Should we chat about your new book that you're writing? Or is that a little bit top secret at the moment? No, that's fine. Um, Yeah, at the moment, I'm working on a book, which is all about uh, the joy of dancing and the lost art of celebration, uh, which really, it certainly came out of my experiences as a solo traveller, visiting some of the biggest festivals and parties in the world so the Rio Carnival um, it's been to a Viking fire festival in Shetland I've been to Burning Man obviously Glastonbury and a lot of the British festivals as well and I just over the years I've just really learned an awful lot from these exotic big bacchanals and I've, I've wondered you know okay so what can we learn from it so essentially I'm writing a book which is really trying to elevate dance and just celebrate dance and say this is why we need dancing it is an important part of being human don't let anyone tell you that it's trivial or it's about trying to you know seduce boys uh you know it's a really important part of our life and I think you know if there's one thing that lockdown has taught us it's the importance of dancing and music and celebrating with friends oh definitely that's such a good topic for a book by the way I love that kind of that ritual of just kind of having the release of dance and stuff have you been to Puglia in Italy no not yet because I was there just at the end of last year and they have this local dance set. I think they have it quite a few places, but it's called a Tarantella. They came and did one and we were kind of encouraged to join in. And it was like this, it's like this really kind of like frenzied dance, which originally was thought to like draw out the poison of a snake bite. Um, and now it's like, it was this amazing troupe who go into like cancer hospitals and children's homes. Um, anywhere where people are kind of like ill or or having difficulties and they encourage them to kind of like dance it out basically amazing and I I love that I mean I just think you know dancing can be incredibly healing it can be really empowering and I do think we've really unfairly kind of trivialized it particularly in, in Britain and we have it's become associated with just like being drunk and just and hedonism certainly some people that just think it it's pretty irredeemable but they're wrong <laughs> i think anne has been the perfect person to round off this series of ticket for one she's inspired me to get out there and try and swim in a tidal pool or cycle around germany 
I completely agree with Anna that you don't need a ton of money to travel by yourself. Here are some more tips for having affordable solo adventures. Like Anna said, the posh hostel or the glamping option are often the most fun when you're a solo traveller. And, you know, you can put thoughts of smelly dorm rooms for teenagers out of your mind because so many hostels now come with hot tubs and yoga studios and fancy toiletries. If you do want to save money, homestays can be a great option and and things like a room, you know, within an Airbnb are also great options because, you know, you, you feel more like a local and, you know, you'll meet people if you want to. My next tip is to always take public transport if you can. It's actually one of my favourite experiences in a new city. You know, try and navigate their metro or see the world from a bus. Not only is it cheaper when you're when you're alone and you don't have someone to split a cabin, but it just immediately kind of immerses you in a destination. And lastly, if you're short on money, and actually even if you're not, I think incorporating a bit of work or some volunteering into your trip is a really good experience. There are so many places now that organise this. There are schemes like Woofing, which is working on organic farms in return for room or board. Or there's websites like Workaway, which connect travellers with volunteering or short-term work opportunities around the world. Not only can you learn new skills and meet new people, but it can be a really inspiring and, and just a memorable way to get to know a place that's all from me thank you so much for listening to ticket for one that's actually all for this series but until next time you can follow me on instagram at kate wills writes if you have enjoyed this podcast then i would really appreciate it if you could rate and review it and recommend it to people i hope to see you for series two in the not too distant future Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.